looking at the number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome to the OCD Pitch The show where we take an in-depth episode of Look at the seminal underrated prime time soap opera the OC. I am your host as always. Happy New Year, probably, if we haven't said it a thousand times. Mike is my full name, and with me is Ryan. Hey, uh, happy, uh, we're going to start that now of just spending the, ne- the first six months of the year saying Happy New Year? Not the first six. Like, here's how I roll, is I forget for the first month of the year, and then I go, oh shit, so I really double down and start screaming in everybody's faces. Oh god, and the most embarrassing thing, I am still going to be writing 2015 on all the checks <laughs> that I write at the grocery store. That is, there's so many embarrassing things about that sentence, Ryan. Also, can I borrow a pen? Yes, that's the most embarrassing. You turn to the person behind you who's just like tap tapping on their Palm Pilot because they're the wave of the future and saying, can I use your pen? Not knowing it's just a little piece of plastic. Well, what I like to do is in order to speed things up um, is ask the person who was ahead of me. And even though they are sprinting away from me (laughs) with all of their groceries... Um, I think that they are. We've already formed a connection. I'm not going to start a new relationship with the person behind uh, me. I already have. I was the person behind this other person, and he or she should come back and please hand me their pen. Stand there and watch me write a check. What did you say to them to make them start sprinting away the minute they could? That's up to them. They're probably training for a marathon or a bike race or something. Do you think every marathon or bike race or something's the athlete is just laden down with bags that groceries are good a one to one example of? Uh, if it's the only important competition, which is the supermarket sweep competition, then yes, I do think that they need to learn how to run with a cart full of groceries. That show was always bullshit, right? Because nobody wants a thousand boxes of rice aroni. Like I would still like slow as smooth and smooth as fast. I would go in and get the groceries I'd actually want to eat. Oh, really? With your whole list out and everything and going through your coupons, making sure that you got everything that you needed? Well, you don't need coupons, idiot, because it's all going to be free if you make it in time. Okay, but if you if you have something that's free and you save 50 cents, they're going to put two quarters right Wait. in your fucking little palmy. If it's free and you use coupes, they give you that money? Yes. It's not save 50 cents. It's we'll give you 50 <laughs> cents if you buy this. I need to read that fine print. But yeah, most people would go to some aisle and then empty all of it into their cart, which is fine, I think, as long as you do... Meat. That's what I think is the most, or liquor. That's the most expensive thing. You obviously can't eat it all. So then, hopefully, you Sell own it. a truck. Yeah, you own a truck or a van, and you know where an alleyway is, and then start selling that meat. And if you don't live in a place where there's alleyways, you know where the local high school is. Kids love raw meat and booze. I would say if you're gonna do all liquor, get one meat, or all meat, get one liquor. Because if you're gonna sell the liquor, you're gonna want some meat to gnaw in while you do that. Yeah. And if you're, if you're going to sell meat from the back of your van in an alley, you're going to need at least a bottle of liquor to get you through that day. People, And people have expectations. If you're selling raw meat out of the back of your van, you better come with the scent. People will right. not trust. They'll think you're a cop if you don't just smell like cheap rye. If I walk up to a guy in a trench coat and I want to buy some watches, I don't want him then to point me towards his watch store. I want the inside yeah. of that trench coat Ew. lined with watches. Who the fuck are you in a trench coat just telling you where your watch store is across the street? All, all movies and TV of my childhood um, taught me that everyone in New York wears a trench coat, and mm. underneath is either watches or nothing. Just they're, they're hanging dong. And um, the big, uh-huh. d- did anybody ever do both at the same time and have people have to like <laughs> pick between watches but also looking at penis? Well, they, it was the, the, the triple-double whammy because you open the trench coat, oh, there are no watches, no, you're naked. Wait, there are watches just on like rings around the dick. 
Oh, the cock clock. The cock clock, exactly. I understand. I understand. The, the biggest bullshit is I think Giuliani got rid of that in the 90s when he disnified the fucking city, and now everybody's just has tables of watches or DVDs or their dicks. You just walk but, by the polite, orderly tables. There's no risk. There's no adventure in it anymore. You've been. You've always said, and it feels weird to like almost compliment Giuliani because he's a uh, terrible alien Nazi who's trying to ruin the country, but you've always said that you were a big fan of New York pre-Giuliani, where yeah. it was just like... It was just a sea of broken glass and urine, and you had to like get in a boat made of broken glass and urine to get from place A to place B. But that was art, man, and it was real. It was the era of fucking creepy James Franco and other James Franco. Max Do the Kansas art, man. City. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is that there were James Francos as far as the eye could see. And all I'm saying is we had two World Trade Center towers before Giuliani did that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I forgot about those. Is there a connection? There could be. You're never supposed to forget those, Ryan. I'm sorry. I always forget. I'm sorry, because we are talking about the wrong coast. We're supposed to be talking about the best coast that is Orange County. Do you want to know what we're talking about tonight? I love the pithy (laughs) phrase, the best coast is the Orange County coast. Orange County coast. Yeah, what's this episode? Sandy reluctantly agrees with Kirsten to serve as host auctioneer at yet another OC benefit. Meanwhile, Trey lies to Ryan to prove that he can be independent when he steals an auction exhibit, leading Ryan and Seth on a mission to recover before anybody finds out. Mean, meanwhile, Carter reinvigorates Seth and Zach's comic book dream, and Marissa is moving in with the Coens. All that and more on tonight's The OCD. Ryan, in this episode of The Breakfast Nook, Trey is making breakfast for everybody. He says it's a little thing he picked up in prison, and it might be my favorite Seth quip ever is, ah, yes, the old scallion and shiv omelet. Which I guess means if you're making breakfast in prison, you, you take those very valuable shivs that you need in order to prove who's in charge on the playground, and you put them inside of the omelet? Well, it's, it's genius in two ways. Either you are cooking for somebody you you hate, so you want them to swallow the shiv in a way they'd never expect. Or it's how, how do you transport a shiv from cell block A to cell block D in an omelet? Plus, that whole that name has a whole new meaning now in 2019 based on uh, other TV shows. Because if, if we start naming... Uh, That's naming the East Coast OC. Kieran Culkin Scallion? Then <laughs> Scallion and Shiv is a little fucking spinoff show I'd like to watch. Are those your two faves? Uh, I, it's such a... It's such a Eight-way tie for first. It's so hard. I mean, obviously, Cousin Greg and what's his butt? Todd. Tom. Uh, Tom. Todd Tom. Yeah, that's the spinoff everyone wants to see. Uh, and then and then one by one, people show up into the breakfast nook and give their opinions on succession. Hold uh, on. Hold on. You say one by one. Now, Trey's in here for 30 minutes mm-hmm. that, at the most, right? He's not in there for an hour. It could be five minutes. And then Ryan, Seth, Sandy, and Kirsten in succession in Rapid succession. I mean, like, they are 15 seconds apart from each other uh-huh. when they come into the breakfast nook. And I know we have a lot to do, but damn, this is a busy place. But they come in just to scream their quip and to say what action hero they most like. Because we have Stallone, uh, which I think is Trey. Van Damme is Seth. Seagal is Ryan. And then Sandy comes in with Steve McQueen. Who is the most egregiously offensive here in their uh, movie likings? Ryan. Ryan should be slapped fucking silly. That was so surprising. That's such a Trey pick. Trey it, likes Steven Seagal. It's goddamn disgusting. It's obviously Ryan. I don't believe that Seth likes Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme. Um, Seth likes uh, I, like Michael Fassbender, early Michael Fassbender early action Fassbender. films. <laughs> or, no, uh, but this is pre that. Yeah, but, but Seth, Seth has to be super into Nick Cage, right? 
Oh yeah, that, well, like I love it, but I can get to say I like it ironically. But no, that Seth would be in Nick Cage now. Back then, Nick Cage was still like a respected by the world, but not by people like Seth. Action was it because it was still post Face Off and Con Air? Yeah, the two fantastic respected movies by the world. <laughs> but, yes, you just listed two of the greatest movies ever made. But really, if if this is our pool, uh, it is Van Damme or McQueen. Those are the best. Okay, but what is the one Stallone reference, a movie that they reference the most? I don't know. It's over the top. Over the top. And you may oh, know. throughout the, the history of the show. And in this episode, you uh, audiences may know that I have a special predilection for over the top. Um, and anytime because I hear- Because you're so big and dramatic? Because I'm so big and dramatic, Mike, yes. Not because I am. Uh, I have perfected the arm wrestling move that the movie is named after. It's also a truck driving movie. It's it's really it's truly wonderful. It's truck driving and arm wrestling. Do two truck drivers ever drive side by side and arm wrestle over the gap? But if over the top is as important to you as it is for me, you will be just as astonished as I am anytime that it is brought up in any conversation, TV, movies, or otherwise, even real life. It's crazy. Because you're used to the stuff you love being ignored by the world. Yes, basically. I I think the closest thing that you and I share with that is Monster Squad. Uh-huh. Um, which we just recently found out, or a couple years ago, there was a documentary about the huge fan following. But we spent a solid 20, 25 years of our lives yeah. thinking that you and I were the only people in the world who saw that movie. I think it's why we became friends, because we were both convinced we had invented it, and then we met the other person who said they'd seen it. Uh, <laughs> for years, our, our conversations consisted entirely of, no, I'm the Rudy. No, I'm the Rudy. No, I'm the Rudy. And then you would say other things in there. <laughs> I'm part of the goddamn Rudy, aren't I? So they're all arguing. Trey asks for surf lessons, which is very endearing, uh, from Sandy. And they're all just like being a fun family. And the phone rings, and they all look panicked before they know who it is. Well, yeah, we talked about this on last episode, about how just let the uh, machine get it Mm -hmm. was a popular phrase in the late 90s, early 2000s. But this family can't because of all the shenanigans they create around town. I don't know who, what shenanigans are currently going on. But still, anytime that phone rings, it's like... They're calling, someone's calling from inside the house and it's a murderer and they're going to get murdered. I feel like here's, I'm going to rattle it down. Uh, Trey's nervous. It's somebody he dicked over pre-prison. Kirsten's nervous. It's Carter calling to say something romantic and Sandy will pick up. Ryan's nervous. Uh, it's Marissa and everybody will make fun of him. Seth is nervous that anybody wants to talk to him. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Kirsten's also nervous that it's Caleb also calling yeah. to hook up with Kirsten. <laughs> So uh, it is Julie, and uh, Trey is in full older brother mode, making fun of his younger brother for liking a girl. Now, in the last uh, episode, um, there everyone is in on, like, let's make fun of Ryan, because mm-hmm. uh, the hottest girl in history might have a crush on him again. So yeah, really get out there and fucking torture him <laughs> for that. Um, but I, like at in the last episode, they did the hat thing, right? They exchanged the, right. the Goonie hat, and... That that was sort of it, right? Like he went. That was it. He went back into the bar to like save her, but does you got Atwood's got an Atwood? Like he he's gonna yeah. do that for anyone. Trey brings that up, like, oh, if you don't like her, why don't you just let four disgusting old men have their way with her? You must be a nerd with a crush. And Trey was nervous because he went to he went to end the fight uh, with his shit, but reached in the wrong pocket and threw scallions <laughs> just, at them. Just a handful of scallions, and they started tearing up. Scallions, that's not scallops, right? That's the like the tiny onion green things. Yeah, scallops uh, are tiny onions. 
Scallops are also of the sea, and scallions are a different kind of onion-related thing that are like long and thin and green. Scallops are called, and I don't know what a chive is. I actually I get this wrong all the time. About chives v chives v scallions. I I know that there's a popular website called the chive and one called the onion. Is that weird? I think it's weird. Can you do something with that information I just gave you? (laughs) Yeah, give me ten minutes. I'll come back with the perfect recipe. Yep, just onions and chives, baby. It's the perfect soup. It's the perfect dry soup. It's called the makeout soup. Uh, so the call is Julie uh, to let Kirsten know that her and Caleb are off on the aforementioned trip from last episode to get out of town while her porn scandal dies down. Uh, and their housekeeper was deported. <laughs> so Marissa would be alone in that mansion. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues with that. Uh, but I mean, nobody like, cares that the housekeeper was deported. No, no, no. Like uh, Kirsten's first thing is like, oh my god. How was your vacation going? Like, nobody cares at all. Um, and also, it's not her fucking job to watch over Marissa. Right, yes. That is, thank you. That is the second issue. That's not what a housekeeper does. It's it's so hard for her. Marissa has, like, six parents, and they can't keep control of her. But, oh, we'll throw the housekeeper in. Oh, shit, she got deported. <laughs> and that makes me think Marissa called up ICE and made it happen. At this point, uh, Ryan is Ryan knows how TV works. Ryan knows, I think, who's on the phone um, and knows that he was just talking so much about how he and Marissa will be fine and they're going to keep it friends. He's got to know that some news like, hey, Marissa's going to live, come move into the house for a week or two. He knows that's coming, right? Well, yes. Right before the phone rang, he's like, we're going to take things slow, even though they've had no conversation about anything actually happening, and uh, just spend not that much time together. So, of course, she's going to be living with them. And then after that, while we realize what's going on, we're all looking at Ryan. Everyone's looking at Ryan. And then Trey looks at him with one of the weirdest triple take, kissy face, eye roll. <laughs> it was at like, it. I can't believe it's not a very popular GIF on your uh, more popular <laughs> GIF websites. Trey's reaction here. I think you'd have to send that GIF and explain who it is. No, it's not Tom Hardy from Venom. <laughs> yeah, so you, people don't like a lot of asterisks with their GIFs. That's why they don't like when I send gifts. Well, all it is is dumb explanation. We could write it all down on like a card next to it. We could have a gift card. Yes, and then sign it lovingly. Uh, when we flash to Summer and Marissa talk about the situation, um, Marissa is packing flannel PJs, even though it is spring and ninety degrees. Uh, and she also has like her sexy PJs. And she's like, I don't know, it's too hot for the flannels. And Summer's like, it's too hot when Ryan sees you wear this, which is like the most explicit Summer's been about them. And I like it. Yeah. I like that kind of candid conversation. Followed by uh, Summer pulling out a slide whistle and then uh, doing that thing where she puts the tongue in her cheek and then does the jerk-off motion like it's <laughs> for, like she's giving a blowjob. <laughs> so that's what's going on with the kids. What's going on with the adults is in between all these action hero Marissa staying with this talk is uh, Kirsten bullies, requests, uh, entices Sandy to host an auctioneer, the OC charity yard sale, where the donors get half of the profits. So Sandy, over and over and over again, really likes to point out that it is a pseudo charity with no yard sale. That I mean, right there, that is fucking disgusting. <laughs> yep. How Kirsten would use Sandy's love of a microphone to get him in there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if you're donating to charity and you're already rich as fuck, if you're the uh-huh. kind of rich where someone says $10,000, that is a huge amount of money. And then you say like, oh, hmm, I guess it is, is it? for someone like you, uh, not for me. Then you should maybe 
And also, by the way, this is just garbage from your basement. You should maybe donate a hundred percent of the <laughs> of the whatever was bid into the charity. But no, yes. half half is all they can half. do. Well, you got to make that money. Write it off, but and still write it off in tax donations. They're all just Jimmy Coopers. How dare they? How dare they have thrown those stones? Yeah, it's like the news about Jimmy Cooper should have come out, and everybody stood there silent. And then the slow clap starts, and then everyone's just applauding. What an awesome kick-ass white-collar criminal he was. But in this, uh, Kirsten full-on says, I know captive captive audiences and microphones are your weakness. And then Sandy's just like, well, Trey's going to help me deal with the noopsies. And then Trey has to learn what noopsies are. Which, I mean, to Sandy's credit, or making Sandy seem like a disgusting, horrible child abuser... He says, hey, Trey's good looking and young. I will throw him at these horny middle-aged women and they will, yep. they will take his underwear off with their teeth. Well, it's also, I think, mimicking like the pilot because Ryan was very helpful. And Trey, he, I think he's like, We're, this is what made, so Ryan will, Trey will come in here, burn down a house or two, piss people off, but help at the events and people will eventually accept him. Last episode that we covered, we talked a lot about all the stuff that was repeated from the pilot. This will probably be the last time that we talk about it in this podcast, right? Yeah. The pilot never again will the pilot repeat. Repeating the pilot in this episode will never ever come up again. Mark my words. The OC is sort of like Star Wars, where some stuff they do mirroring for themes, and then they just let it go and just tell their new own story. Like Frozen. It's, totally fine. it's like Star Wars like and Frozen. Frozen. Yeah. Uh, we have to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to check in with how Sandy's doing as that total honorary chair, definitely just a figurehead position. Ryan, other than enticing Sandy with the fact that he could be a stand-up comedian for a day while making fun of the people he loathes uh, and that they have to deal with it, Kirsten said, don't worry, you won't have to do that much. It's just a figurehead position. And in three seconds of Sandy showing up, they are screaming at him for deigning to assume... It's a figurehead position. Well, yeah, they. Uh, I think there's a couple things going on. One, uh, they need help with big stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, all of their uh, housekeepers were deported, so they <laughs> yeah. don't know what they're going to do. They don't know what tablecloths to get, and I think it's no Julie, no Julie, and no Kirsten are there to help. And, and it's they are ju- used to being second tier. Yeah, Julie and Kirsten. Uh, I don't know if they have good taste. I think they have different taste. I'm not sure if who's good and who's bad. But what you really need is a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Like, all it is is people holding two things in front of you, and you point at one. Yeah. Uh, and that's not here. Right. Well, because the the, see, the there's two leads here. The, the brunette, who I don't think we've seen before, and the blonde who has long hair, who used to have very, very short hair, who showed yes. up a lot in the first season. Right. And I this think is... was embarrassed that they showed up to her swinger party and didn't swing, so she just disappeared for months. <laughs> the character got embarrassed and then told the writers, hey... Even though I'm fictional, please write me out for a while. I yes. buy all of that. The brunette, do you recognize? No. The brunette was the teacher of Andy Dwyer's women's studies class that Rob Lowe tried to hook up with, but instead went home with Ron Swanson. Really? She was in two entire episodes of Parks and Rec, Mike. I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry that I say I like that show. I'll take that back. Thank you. you you're not a fan. Um, she. I don't think she was in anything based on a comic book, so... We should probably just end this conversation let's, about let's her right on. now. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, so uh, Sandy also introduces Trey to the ladies, and they I fuck the shit out of him, and go say go lift heavy things, and then get mad that he calls the antique ottoman a stool, which is just a big fucking comfy stool. Uh, but this is where you mentioned uh, he's looking at the risky business egg, 
Uh, I guess I haven't seen Risky Business. I'm surprised it wasn't like underwear and sunglasses from the movie, mm-hmm. but apparently a glass egg is a big deal in the movie. Yes. You guess you haven't seen Risky Business? I guess I haven't. Jesus. You, if you had seen it, you would know. It's basically like the female orgasm. If you're not sure, then you haven't seen it. <laughs> um, I guess I'll get on that. But yeah, uh, the egg is, there's a big house party at the end, and the egg is the, oh my God, if this breaks. It's Cameron's dad's car. That he kicks okay. out of the garage. And is the other. egg thrown around a lot? Because I felt like the OC was not just throwing this egg around a lot. They were referencing something. See, maybe you haven't seen Risky Business. Maybe you're not really a movie guy. Maybe you're sort of a fucking idiot as far as movies go because you can't, haven't even seen Risky Business. But I do appreciate that you've watched enough TV to know that, like, well, this is a reference. to. I don't know what it's a reference to or I don't care. I haven't seen this. But it's clear. The way that it's being shot is so weird, it's right. a reference. I, I think it's like uh, some people were Star Wars households, some were Star Trek households. We were a Milk Money family, so we couldn't then go watch Risky Business. Wait, is Milk Money and Risky Business the same movie? They're pretty similar. I think it's both about children and prostitutes. Oh, I see. Your children and prostitutes movie, you can <laughs> yeah. only have one. You choose one. If you like both, you're a fucking weirdo. But everybody is obsessed with one of them. Now, if we took a poll across the nation... Because uh, I don't want to just do Southern California. That would no. be biased. Across the nation. Uh, what was a more important movie in your household? Risky Business or Milk Money? Do you think that it would be about 50-50? Yeah, I think so. 50 cents to 50 cents. Milk Money. Do you want to know how Milk Money has a um, special place in my life? Why? Um, I had in your life? When I was in eighth grade, I pitched a uh, TV review book for like my final. I was going to review... Or a movie review book. I was going to review a bunch of movies, write articles, and turn it in. I was going to like create my own Leonard Moulton. Wow. You've been and, talking about that since you were a kid. And uh, the teacher was like, I don't know if this is possible, but go ahead and do it. I forgot about it until the day before it was due. I uh, went to the video store, and the only movie that was there <laughs> was Milk Money. So I watched it, wrote like a two-paragraph review, and turned that in for my entire project. And what was your grade? It's like C plus in in middle school. You just get C pluses, <laughs> no matter how good or bad you do. It's just C, C pluses. pluses. That's life, baby. <laughs> so this is where uh, Trey Trey's like apparently super into risky business. And he's like, this must be worth a fortune. And she goes, ah, it's a price of ten thousand dollars. And he's just like, yeah, that's a fortune. And her dismissive, I guess, is so hurtful and classist. Which I do think I won't say too much right now, but I I, I do think that her dismissal is a big part of how we get to Act Three. Right. You know, Trey's... It's almost Robin Hood-esque. Yeah, Trey's motivation through a lot of this is because of that dismissal. Right. So, we're going to leave them for a second and then flash forward, or flash sideways. Meanwhile, uh, Seth and Ryan are now at school. They're still talking about the the Marissa situation. And I think they invented the term thirsty, because that's like, you say nothing's going to happen, but what do you do? It's the middle of the night. You're very thirsty. You wake up to get a drink of water. Oh, damn. Then she's very thirsty, so she wakes up to get a drink of water, and you run into each other in the kitchen. So they're not thirsty for water. They're thirsty for each other. For genitals, Ryan. (laughs) I just need some genitals, which is always why Seth is waiting for Ryan to come downstairs. (laughs) Yes. Because maybe tonight it'll be my genitals. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I think it's appropriate that uh, we finally give credit for coming up with slang to the white high school noopsy kids that always are uh, responsible for that. Mm -hmm. That's just what I'm here. I'm here to plant that flag. Uh, And then Marissa, I love it, deals with the head on. She's like, oh, are you guys talking about me? Is this going to be awkward? Why would it be awkward? Like, they're being such little bitches about it. Yes. um, Whatever awkwardness is, I mean, like, Marissa has a lot of faults, but 
one of her advantages is being able to stay cool, even cooler than Atwood, and just wait for other people to ruin the situation. Right. Well, because if captive audiences and microphones are Sandy's kryptonite, Marissa is Ryan's, and he's a cool cucumber in every situation until he goes, I don't know, is this awkward? And then turns around to leave and sets it up and sprints straight into a trash can. (laughs) Yes, he does. Ryan, that is act one. The table is fully set. We're going to take a break and come back and check in with pretty much everybody. Ryan, last we left off, the last time Marissa saw Ryan is him sprinting straight into a trash can because he's embarrassed. Uh, We flash forward after the school day. She is now in the Coens. She's staying in the pool house. Everybody keeps moving around because even though it's the biggest house ever, they just keep shifting where people are staying. And let's be clear. This is a normal screenwriting here's how tv works flash forward there's not a thing going on where if you push ryan or if ryan walks into a trash can marissa will then fly through time no that that's not some sort of trick yeah until season three and he's like oh, i gotta go find trey he's talking to seth and he doesn't know she's there yet or know she's staying in the pool house and she is just full-on naked changing away from the door which is good or like facing away from the door uh, and he chokes in a way I've never seen anybody in this show choke and just goes, you're not Trey. We have an award uh, later that we do almost every week called Atwood's Got a Atwood. There should also be an award that uh, sometimes Atwoods don't act like Atwood <laughs> yeah. at all. And he is, he's a blubbering uh, 12-year-old moron here. And I, I like, they didn't do it with him and her in the first season. I like this version of him. Like, there needs to be some way to turn him into a dumb fuck. And this is great. You brought up uh, Scallions and Shivs mm-hmm. as a great Seth, not, Seth line. I don't think it's in the top three of this episode. And one of the top three is here, where while Ryan is blubbering, Seth does a perfect walk to the pool house, see what's going on, turn around all in silence, and does not interrupt their conversation. Well, as he's walking away, he says, come on, Trey's inside wearing a shirt. <laughs> so that is, yeah, this is one of the best Seth episodes for not being a complete fucking douchebag, and for quipping, which is what we've been led to believe is his role in this show. So they all are together and less embarrassed. They have found Trey in the mansion. Uh, and Trey's like, I got to move out of here. We're sleeping in the same room. That's crazy. Instead of being like, I'm so glad I'm spending more time with my brother. It's my brother's a weird, angry little pisshead, so I should probably find an apartment even though I have a job yet. Because I think that, I, I know that Trey doesn't want to fuck up Ryan's shit, Right. right and but I also think that Trey is a little bit older than Ryan and Seth, and a little bit different of a personality. Trey fucks. Yeah. Trey fucks all the time, and that's going to be hard for him in this current living situation. If he's on the floor of a guest bedroom, <laughs> and I'm not putting it past him, he would still do it. Yeah. He's been in prison, which I think is what you have to do when you're in prison. Go we'll find out sooner or later. <laughs> yes, they let you go to a mansion for six minutes. Do your worst or best. So Marissa and Trey decide they're going to go apartment to hunting together, mostly because Marissa's like, I know one apartment. My friend Alex used to live there, so it's probably still open. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how things work. That guy was just holding it until Marissa had a different person she knew to come and move in. I guess if you meet Marissa Cooper, you do whatever you can to make her come back into your life. So that's what that creepy landlord's doing? (laughs) I guess. Oh, man, the side story of how he is also in love. The El Camino for the OC is just that guy's story. But as someone who has spent a lot of their lives 
um, going from shitty apartment in Orange County to shitty apartment in Orange County, I swear to God, you'll call and say, hey, is this one available? You'll take the 10-minute drive over there, and it will be gone. That's that's the one similarity, because what people come to the show for is uh, how are New York and Orange County different? The one similarity mm-hmm. is, uh, while I was apartment hunting there, I was about to sign the lease, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Somebody yeah. already <laughs> just locked in. And you're like, what? This contract you signed only says Mike Gravagna, and mm. you didn't put the O in in time. It's, it's trivia bonus question rules. You gotta write it faster, you gotta write it legible. So, they're off on their adventure, whatever it may be. We go back to the OC auction. Wait, hold on. Before you get there, though, um, there's a clear thing. We know that Ryan thinks of Marissa as his permanent damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. The, if Ryan is ever in the mood to be a hero, he'll text Marissa. She'll say, oh, I'm in trouble in the following ways, and he'll run and save. And when Marissa, he finds out that Marissa and Trey are going to hang out, he has a little freak out. And it's an Atwood freak out. It's quiet. And just with, like, looking around. But now he's starting to say, hey, you know what? Maybe you should stay longer in the Cohen's place just so they don't go hang out this one morning. Is it because he knows his brother fucks? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Marissa will be end up in prison in a Mexican alley or having sex with Trey. And that's the worst of all of them. So Ryan's a little worried. He's going to go distract himself with Seth. Seth is, uh, I don't know why there needs to be pictures. There needs to be Polaroids of every item being auctioned off. But th- that is Seth's job is to take Polaroids, and Ryan's helping. But this is also the first time, like, I think it's Chekhov's risky business egg, because Seth is so into taking a picture of something else, his flat-ass butt knocks over the egg, and Ryan jumps across the hall and catches it. Yes, it, it, it's at least foreshadowing that um, there's a certain way to catch an egg, and it's slow motion, dive on the ground, two hands. Hopefully sand kicks up into your face while you do it. And Sandy's there, and has gotten full-on into... The part of the job he thought he would hate. He is a tyrant screaming at people how patterns clash and did your mother-in-law make those napkin rolls? Because they look like shit and she's dead and I wish you were. He says that a couple of times. Um, I have a question. I don't know if you do this often. But later on in the episode, Sandy says, oh, I didn't care. I just, It's just fun to watch those noopsies jump and run around. Mm-hmm. Is that why he did it, or is that an excuse for how he had previously acted bossing noopsies around? It's an excuse. He, I think he loved it. He realized he, like us, thrives on decorating and planning parties. He just didn't want to accept it. We are, uh, we are two people who uh, both got married a year apart. Our wives were like, ah, I don't really care. And we were like, cool. And then the two of us threw two different weddings. Good. I can plan it with my real partner. <laughs> Did you whisper that into the microphone? <laughs> I don't want anybody to hear it. <laughs> so, Sandy's, uh, Sandy's a tyrant, and Kirsten shows up and is delighted and bemused by how into it he's gotten. And then Carter shows up, because I guess Newport Living, the Julie magazine, is the biggest sponsor of this. So mm. Carter's like, I'm here to mix it up, and I'll meet you. Sandy has been really into Carter and the idea of him. But something weird happens. I feel like he, like maybe the actor didn't know what order this scene was playing in. Because he's like, you and Kirsten, been working together long, long hours, long nights. Huh? And Carter's like, ah, you have a great wife. I'm so- sorry to keep her from you. It-, it was a weird vibe. I think that it could be faulty screenwriting, but that's that's something that's done on other shows, not, not on the OC. Show. That's a Runaways move. So if I had to uh, pick out something different, I would say that 
Uh, Sandy does like Carter. I do believe that. Later on, he'll say, I think that we might be friends. Mm-hmm. But in the scene, I think that even though you like him and you trust your wife, you can't turn off the lawyer thing. And you will mm-hmm. always be gathering information and saying things that might get you a little bit more information. And Carter reacts exactly like Sandy would fear, I think. I guess right. Sandy's biggest fear would Carter would like pull out like a, a, a scimitar and they fight on like a plank of a pirate ship. But uh, the second worst fear would be like him to react like that, which is like your marriage is good, and I, you, I, you, I don't Our love her at all. Like, oh, nobody who actually thinks that says it. Cool, 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 cool. But I think Carter mostly shows up to uh, cause some teenage drama because Zach and Seth are hanging out in the back. Because for all of these adult functions, they just pull all the teenagers in, uh, and in. The three seconds that Carter meets them, he finds out they used to work on a comic together. They almost sold it to Wildstorm, and then things went wrong. And he's just like, well, that sounds like a graphic novel, not a comic series. It's been my lifelong dream to dream to write the great American graphic novel. That was a great Seth quip. And it also felt like he was making fun of Carter, of himself, like of all of it. He's like, I love this shit, but it's nerdy. And what you're doing right now is nerdy as hell. Carter, at this point, and... Uh, Agents of Chaos. I can't remember his uh, the actor's name. I'm going to say it's the, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Uh, Billy Campbell almost sort of seems like he's nervous about getting written out. So uh-huh. he the actor sneaks into a room with the kids, and he's like, well, you know, I know a lot about graphic novels. <laughs> you guys are cool. Here's a good top you should wear. Peasant tops are in next year, summer. I'm just best friends with everybody. Not weird at all. Uh, summer, again, because everybody's just getting whiffs of ideas. Uh Here's that they might be talking about. I guess when they got back together, she made him do a no comic book rule. <laughs> because in her head, that was the downfall to everything, even though she's now with the person she supposedly wants to be with. Well, there's a, another thing, too, in that, like, we love Summer. We think that Summer is among the most pure, awesome people. But Summer does have power here. Mm-hmm. And if you have power, you're going to wield the power. And so <laughs> I Otherwise, think it goes to waste. You have to give back the power at the end of the year. I mean, this whole, the Rocketeer coming in, if the Rocketeer flew down and said, hey, I can make your graphic novel happen, you're going to fucking do it, bro. I don't care. But Summer still, like, Seth is saying no, 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 because Summer doesn't want bad stuff to happen again. Mm -hmm. And so Seth is, like, borderline saying, I can't, dude. I just need to protect my relationship. And I don't blame Summer for wielding that power. But he's also getting weird enough that he's trying to get into baseball cards instead of comic Like, look, I got to collect something. If it can't be comic books... Into baseball cards with other gum. Which is the most. I mean, Zach is full on. Fuck Summer. Let's do this. We don't care. Like, your, right. your relationship's going to be fine. Or it won't be. I don't care about that either. That'll be hilarious to me. But Seth's attempt at replacing comic books with baseball cards is the most half assed, like, limp bullshit. Also, Mike, and I know your ears are not attuned for this shit, but do you remember the one baseball player that they bring up? They, they pull out a card and they hold it up. Willie Loman? It's not Willie Loman, the main character of Death of a Salesman. <laughs> Believe it or not. Man, did you get your Death of a Salesman rookie cards? No, it's Kurt Schilling. Do you know who that Kurt, is? Not at all. Is I that want, Mark McGuire? It's not Mark McGuire. You can tell because the uh, the different spellings of the last names. Uh, Billy Bonds? Kurt Schilling. <laughs> is that because Billy rhymes with Loman? Willie? Um, Kurt Schilling is a pitcher who is arguably in the, a Hall of Famer. Probably closer to being in the Hall of Fame than not. Like, your argument has to be really strong if you don't think he should be there. But was a real fucking prick 
to mm. reporters throughout his career. And then, after his career, he took all of his money and put it into a video game company, and the video game company sunk immediately. And so now he has no money. And the world cheered. Everyone was so happy about it. That's fucked up. This guy won uh, multiple World Series. He helped the Boston Red Sox win their first World Series in 100 years. And then, what Kurt Schilling did was he decided to become a Republican talking head and talk about how wonderful Trump is all the time. And so now... He is hemorrhaging Hall of Fame votes and won't get in mostly because he supports Trump. Because he's shilling for the wrong team. There we go. There you go. You're, you're I know a, sports. You were a little curt about that, but that's fine. Uh, do you think that's okay if you don't get into the Hall of Fame if you don't agree with the politics that I agree with? Yeah, because we're in this new day and age where politics aren't just politics. Like it, it is not 20 years ago where our teams are just different and one is sort of gross and one is good. It is you fully support fascism or you don't. So, fuck him. Fuck you, Kurt Schilling. But now, <laughs> always a part of the OC lore. Yes, as he should be. Uh, he belongs there. Uh, this is one of the worst things of Zach's attitude, and I get him. Is just like, yeah, fuck what Summer wants. But when Seth's like, I don't think we should do it, Zach says, all that work, and you're never going to show anybody else because of a girl. Zach, yes. you're not sexist. Because of a girl. so out of character. This is weird because either one, bad writing, but that does not happen, or Zach is pulling out all the stops. He's doing things that he does not believe in just to convince Seth. I think he really wants to do this creative project, which I respect. And I think he really not just doesn't care about the relationship, is like, if I get Seth into divorce, that is the ultimate win. Yes, he could end which up. I respect. He could, yeah, great. <laughs> Is that why you call my wife all the time? To tell her that you respect Zach's motives here? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> so Carter, once again, like Phantom of the Opera is into the room while they're talking about this. And he's like, you know, my old assistant is the VP of development for the graphic novel company. He doesn't say a company's name there. <laughs> Just, you know, the graphic novel company. And yes, uh, Carter, once again, you are about to create multiple divorces now. That's <laughs> awesome. Way to go. Speaking of that, we flash to Kirsten and Sandy in the other room talking about Carter. And Sandy says the saddest, most desperate thing. He says, after Jimmy left, I thought I said goodbye to my last friend. But Carter, I think there's something there. This is horrifying. This scares the shit out of me for like my future. Because what he should have said is, I thought when Jimmy left, I thought I was saying goodbye to Jimmy. Which is true. That, that's what happens when people leave. Literally what you're doing. But he was like, I had zero friends, and then I had Jimmy. I'm going to hang out with the guy who probably stole a lot of my money and definitely kissed my wife. And then he left, and now I don't have a friend. But now I think Carter and I have – I got to say something, Mike. I think he might be doing the lawyer thing again. I think he did it to Carter, and I think he's doing uh, it to Kirsten here. Because she does make a obvious face. And he's turned around. He's always facing a barbecue for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like you can he never loves barbecue. Yeah, he loves barbecuing. But she, if you were looking at her face, she's like, "What? No, no. What? Oh, no. What? Rocketeer." Then we star swipe to Marissa, Ryan, and Trey. Marissa and Trey had gone to the apartment. Trey had pitched, "You know what? I don't have the money, but I'll be the handy I'll be the super for you." The Marissa landlord. pitched that. That was Marissa's Marissa idea. It. Because uh, she's clever and he is handy, and then the guy did a background trick as he do. Uh, Trey's on the phone. Marissa is a sneak, so is on the other line and then overhears. And Trey tells Ryan like, "It's great, I'm great, everything is going to be great." And Marissa's like, "Oh no!" Now this guy, this landlord, says, "I did a background check and I can't allow you to fix things on the property, but I can definitely allow you to live here." 
Does that make sense? I, I guess it's like more liability if you hire him as an ex-con. I don't know. It's bananas. It's I guess Trey still needs a reason to get money. Actually, it does make sense because if you let him live there, he's in one apartment. But if you let him fix things, he's inside yes. of every single apartment. Right. And that's kind of the creepy landlord's move. He doesn't want somebody else <laughs> horning on his territory. That's where I go to find things that Marissa might have touched. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I hate to say it. But what, we have to take a little break and then talk about the rest of the things that happened in the show? Yeah, we have to take a little break that's, I don't know, maybe a week long. No! And then wrap everybody up and give the awards out next week. I want to say thank you to the Holophonics. And you want to do the commercials. Yes. websites. Uh, go to yourpotfilter.com. That's our mother site. That's where you get all the stuff that we do. Go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. That should be your new Amazon bookmark. Go to patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. And that's where you can support us a little bit more. We really appreciate it. Guys, the OCD might become behind a paywall soon. So join one of those tiers so you can hear what happens to the end of the second ep- uh, season. Uh, make sure that you're following and subscribing and rating and reviewing all of our other podcasts, including the Superhero Hour Hour, which Mike and I uh, don't host but are the stars of. We're there. We're the why people come. And then also Movie of the Year, which Mike and I don't host but... We're definitely the stars of yeah. Who are people come? Uh, make sure that you're doing that, please. If uh, follow us on Twitter, we are at your pot filter, and then Instagram, yes, at your pot filter. If, if you go to our Instagram, you get to uh, meet my dog Strudel, who you just heard a few minutes ago growl at you. Yeah, and I'm hoping that that dog's name is Toaster Strudel soon because she barks a lot, and I want to burn her to death. That's really fucked up. But, I would never say that. But, but Mike doesn't, so go to Instagram for him, not me. And then if you want to, if you have anything to say about what we're saying about the OC, please email us at contact at yourpopfilter.com. So, Ryan, I have three questions for you. Next week, will Trey steal that not Fabergé crystal egg? There's no way. Will Seth and Zach make the Atomic County graphic novel? There's no way. Will Ryan and Marissa just be adults and fuck like teenagers? I wish there was a way. Until then, stay gay, dads, and get me those Green Lantern JPEGs Latro. California! Uh, three-pointer, Mike. If you make a three a free throw, you should continue to shoot free throws. You love basketball. I do. You just picked up a guy that I need to... Wait, should I stop recording?